faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. <laughs> greetings, 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 and welcome Pum Pum Posse. Bless up yourselves. This is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast, and I am your host, AJ Badass Jones. You can find me on my social media platforms at the Pum Pum Chronicles on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow my personal page where you can get merch, uh, you can get calendars, you can support the, the, the podcast, all kinds of good jazz. Uh, that, of course, is badass underscore Jones underscore. If you want to get in contact with me, just send me questions, queries, topics, or anything thereof, uh, you can either DM me or you can hit me up by email at thepumpumchronicles at gmail.com or you can uh, hit the call in line and send me a message. That number, of course, is 320-270-1086 and the podcast can be found on all platforms where podcasts are hosted, including but not limited to Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. So... This week, we are doing a round of The Love Jones. Um, haven't done one in a while. There are a bunch of questions, so I do apologize. I'm behind and backlogged. Um, so today, I'm just going to tackle a few of them. Uh, there are two questions, and then... Uh, actually, there's there's more than two. There's, there's three questions that we're going to tackle today, because I don't want it to be like a long-winded segment, but... Um, the first one, of course, I've had a bunch of people inquire, inquire as to an update on my dating situation, how I'm handling, uh, (laughs) my emotions and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, hi boy, um, things are going good. Things are progressing. Um, I honestly feel like, I feel like my emotions are broken sometimes. And, and I don't mean like in that, like I'm a broken person or like I'm, I'm damaged. Like I've, I've done the work with myself over the years um, to get myself to an emotionally intelligent place where I am able to articulate myself, where I'm able to communicate, where I'm able to convey the good, the bad, the ugly, the sexual, the frustrated, whatever it is, you know? Um, and, and that's not just in this relationship, that's in any relationship. Uh, I realize sometimes I'm abrupt, <laughs> which is probably one area that I definitely need to, to work on. Um, I recognize that some people require a softer delivery, but I also think too that, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I don't ever say anything with malicious intent. If you ask my opinion, uh, it definitely does come from a place of love, um, and a place of genuine sincerity and, and, and wanting to see you succeed and wanting the best for you in, in helping to, you know, shake you a little bit and, you know, clap you in your head side if you're not, if your ears are hard and you're not necessarily listening. Because I feel like some people do need to be hard talked in order for them to really hear it. Like there are things that you can say gently to a person, but then I feel like sometimes they're going to think that you're play playing with them. So some people need to be hard talked. Anyway, I think when it comes to expressing <laughs> love 
and that's not a word that I like to use. Um, but I feel like when it comes to certain expressions of love, especially verbally, I feel like there's something broken inside of me because I feel weird about the word. And even when I think about the overall emotion itself, it makes me really uncomfortable. And I know that's a part that I need to work on and that's a part that I need to um, drill down to to really find out why. I have an idea of why, you know, I think like everything stems from our childhood and, and the ways in which um, we did or did not receive love. So I'll give you a perfect example. I was talking with my aunt yesterday, you know, we check in from time to time. And as anybody who's ever listened to the podcast or anybody who knows me know, um, when I was a child living in Jamaica, my aunt raised me, myself and my brother, because my mom migrated to this country first and then she sent for us. So my aunt was a 17 year old girl raising two small children. We were, my brother was two and I was one. And, you know, she did the best that she could. My grandfather was there to help and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so I was talking to my aunt yesterday. And at the end of the conversation, I say to her, I love you, auntie. I'll talk to you later. And she, her response was, um, okay, you know, I'll talk to you later. Um, and then she said something like, yeah, me too. I don't think I've ever heard my aunt say the word, my aunt say the words, I love you. Like legitimately, every time. I, and, and the thing is, I, I don't say it to her when I get off the phone to try to prompt or provoke her into saying it back to me, I say it because it's what I feel. But it's curious to me, I'm, I'm gonna have to have a conversation with her about it, but she never ever says it. And not to say that I don't feel it from her because I do, I do know that she loves me, but I think because of the way that we were raised and you know that, oh, oh well, I never heard my parents say it and, and, and so on and so forth. It's that generational, generation to generation, one of the curses that we never actually articulate the words love. And I think that some people take for granted that the expressions of love are enough, some people need to hear those affirming words that you love them. Those two things for me go hand in hand. Like I feel like you can't have the action without the words and you definitely can't have the words without the actions. Um, but regardless, I feel, I don't know, like it's, I don't know if it's like, hmm, it's definitely a partial protection mode in the event that things don't work out. And then I think because I'm just so used to guarding my heart and my emotions, it's a difficult thing for me to free up with anyone other than my my young adults. Um, and then like my best friend or people that I've known for like decades. I feel like in relationships, especially in new relationships, it's definitely hard to allow someone that vulnerable, vulnerable part of yourself. And so for me, when I get to that point of starting to feel the depth of my emotions, the wall automatically shoots up and gets reinforced with steel and barbed wire and oil and, and grenades and <laughs> dynamite and all that other kind of stuff because now I'm waiting to see what's going to happen and if you can really take care of my heart. And please understand this has nothing to do with anything that he's done. He's absolutely amazing. Like he's very patient and very kind consistently. Um, there's never been any, there's never been a point up till now where I've had to question anything or, you know, if I do question, it's my own insecurities that are asking the questions, but nothing that's ever been based on the way that he engages or interacts with me. He's very consistent, very supportive, very loving, like all the good things, recognizes my five love languages, um, practices them, but not in a way where I feel like it's forced, like he pays attention. Um, and just even with himself, like he's very, very good at communicating, very mindful of, at communicating, 
um, he makes a concerned effort to listen to me. I know, and I know you guys are listening and saying your in your minds or in your heads, or even out loud, like, oh my God, he sounds like the perf the perfect guy. And it's crazy because he really is. Like, if I if I could have constructed someone for myself, boy, am I sabotaging myself by saying this? If I could have constructed someone for myself, he definitely, um, he definitely would have been, yeah. Okay. Anyways. So, um, where we are and how I'm handling, uh, things right now, I am, I'm still taking time to myself when I feel, when I start to feel overwhelmed because I don't want, um, my shitty negative emotions to impact us, but I'm very clear in communicating. Like I need a little bit of space. So, you know, if I've been hanging out at his place, I'll say like, I need to go home for a couple of days and just kind of give myself a breather in which I do. And he's very good with that. He's very understanding of that. There's never um, any sort of argument or debate about it, um, you know. But there, there, there definitely is conversation about it. Um, but things, things, <laughs> things are going well. Um, I'm trying to keep myself emotionally balanced and even keeled. Yeah. So that's where we are. Anyhow, enough of that jazz. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. Okay. Hi, AJ. So my question is a bit heavy. Do you think someone can be in love with two people at once? I feel like there are two men I love and uh, I don't want to be, and I don't want to be, I'm not reading this right. Okay. There are two men that I love and won't be, I want to be with, but I'm conflicted in choosing. They both know about one another as I've never tried to hide it, but they respectively want to be the only one and want me to decide. I know in my heart of hearts, I'm Polly, and as much as I love both, I know I can't have the two forever, but I also don't think I can be monogamous. I don't think I want to be, but I also don't want to be alone forever either. I know I can't, you can't make the decision for me, but I would definitely love to hear your perspective. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Signed, I want who I want, and that's both of them. And believe me, she spelled both of them, B-O-F-F-U-F. <laughs> so, um... Oh boy. Okay. So first and foremost, yes, I do believe that you can love uh, two people at the same time. And it's weird to me when I hear people say, well, you can't, because when I think about people who have more than one child, you love both your kids. If you've got five and 20 kids, you love all five and 20 of your children. And I know people say that it's different because it's, it's a relationship, but you have a relationship with everybody that's in your life. People are just categorized in different types of ways. Right? So I think that you can love two people at one time. Um, I definitely think it's great that you've been open with both of them to let them know that they are not the only one so that they have a full understanding and they can make the choice for themselves as to whether or not they want to stay. I feel like oftentimes when we get into relationships, not everybody, but some people, they they don't necessarily fully disclose um, that there are other people that they're, they are dating. I myself have been guilty of it. And this is not a knock or judgment against anyone. As I said, I myself have been guilty of it where I feel like, one person knows about the other person because they're more understanding, but the other person doesn't know because, you know, I run the risk of losing them. And yes, that's completely selfish. Yes, it's a complete asshole move. Yes, it's a jerk. I get all of that sort of stuff. So I'm not even trying to absolve myself of anything. Like I said, I know that I've done it in past. Um, so definitely shout out and kudos to you for um, not even just having the bravery, but having respect enough for both of them to let them know what's going on so that they can choose for themselves as to whether or not they want to stay or want to go. Um, where it becomes dicey, of course, is now 
um, you're deeply emotionally invested in both of them. They are deeply invested emotionally in you respectively. And now they want to choose because they no longer want to share you, your love, or your time. They want to be the only one. It's great that you are being true to yourself in terms of your polyamorous needs and that you um, want to live a poly life where it becomes um, complicated, of course, is because now they want you to become monogamous when those are not the feelings that you have. Really and truly, um, I would I would sit down and have a conversation with, with both of them individually to express truly all of what it is that you feel and letting them know that you don't it's not in you to be in a monogamous relationship right now. And and maybe that is something that is not a right now for you. Maybe you are just in a place in your life where you want to be in a relationship with more than one people, sorry, more than one person, if I could learn to speak English like the rest of the planet, where you want to be in a relationship with more than one person because there are different needs that they meet. And as long as you are, you are open and transparent with the people that you engage with. Um, I think you definitely need to have a conversation with them to let them know that you're not uh, prepared to settle down with either of them and that you would like to continue your relationships with both of them and give them the choice. They may say, okay, fine. They may say, no, they're not with it. One may stay, one may not, both may go. Um, there's no way to tell what's going to happen. Uh, I know that love sometimes causes people to make choices that they would not otherwise choose. And sometimes in an effort to show the person how much more and how much more deeply you can love them. You're trying to force their hand into choosing. Hopefully that won't be the situation with either of them. Um, but I don't think it's a case where you would be alone forever. I feel like as the world opens up and people become more accepting of sex and sexuality, people become more accepting of people's personal choices in terms of the relationship dynamic. As the world opens up more where people can recognize that monogamous relationships are not the only types of relationships that you can happily engage in. There are a lot of people in, in, in the poly community that are living happy lives and, and have fulfilling relationships because it works for them. It doesn't work for everybody and some people believe that monogamy is the only way, but monogamy is not the only way. There are people who live in polygamist relationships and polyamorous lifestyles and they are fulfilled and content and that it, it's just what it is. Um, so to say that you're going to be alone forever, you feel like you're going to be alone forever because you want to be in a relationship that has multiple partners. I, I don't think that that is the case. I do. I will say, however, I think it's more difficult for men to accept that they are not the only man versus a woman accepting that she's not the only woman. If we're just speaking in a, in a heterosexual fashion, um, I definitely think it would be more difficult for a man to be in a relationship with a woman and another man. Um, he would have to be really confident and comfortable with himself versus, I know they say that women are inherently uh, emotionally or sexually attracted to other women. I don't know that that is or is not the case. I just know that there are more polyamorous relationships where there are multiple women versus polyamorous relationships um, where there are multiple men. Um, yeah, that's a tough one, especially where your, where your heart is concerned, because I feel like what ends up happening is if one of the individuals chooses to walk away because this is no longer fitting their needs, there's part of your heart that's going to break, part of your heart that's going to cry, part of your heart that's going to lament, and part of your heart that's definitely going to miss um, that individual. And you're, and you're going to go through a mourning 
process of having lost that relationship. And it was, it's definitely going to impact the relationship that you're still in emotionally um, while you're going through that, that grieving process for having lost that relationship. But it definitely does warrant um, an upfront and transparent conversation with both of the gentlemen so that they both know where you are emotionally and how it is that you feel uh, in terms of choosing. But more importantly, that you don't necessarily feel like monogamy is the way for you because you also don't want anyone to force you in a situation that you don't want to be in and then you end up being miserable regardless so um hopefully that helped uh i would be curious i don't know if you'll follow up with me but i would be curious to hear whew, how things went and how the conversation um i'm hoping for you best case scenario that they both say yes and that you get two husbands. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, from the, the tone of the, the conversation or uh, what you submitted, I think ideally that's what you would like is to be able to have two husbands. But I think people also have to remember when you're in a polyamorous relationship, especially when uh, it's gone from being polyamory to polygamy, where you are in a thruple or a quadruple or a quintuple. So let's just kind of go back to just being a thruple. So it's you and two other people. And that is the commitment they also have to, not necessarily, but they at some point will have to engage and interact with one another, not necessarily on a sexual level, but just in conversation, just um, in dialogue, because you're in a relationship with two people. There's three of you in the relationship together. I think that's a key component that people forget. Um, having polyamorous desires and having polyamorous relationships is one thing, but settling down with two people is something completely different because there's a balance that all three of you need to have and you yourself as an, the individual who is supporting their sexual needs, their emotional needs, their mental needs, you also have to create that balance with, with each of them respectively so that jealousy doesn't arise and so that everyone is getting their needs met. So yeah, there's a lot to think about uh, when engaging in um, not just sexual or emotional polyamorous relationships, but committed polygamist uh, relationships such as a throuple. So that's my piece on that. Um, and then there was another question that was submitted. Uh, so on three guys and a girl, we tackled this question. Um, but this was something that was also submitted to me individually. Uh, do you think that we've become too sexualized and desensitized as a society? Um, I'm always on the fence about this question. Uh, I think because I've just always been very sexually aware uh, and was exposed um, uh, by happenstance, you know, uh, sexually at a young age. I, I think I've told the story before. My first experience with um, porn and extreme nudity was finding like a secret stash of Playboy and Hustler magazines when I was a kid. Um, in the stairwell of my building at the basement, there was this little alcove that nobody ever really and when we played hide and seek that's where i'd always go hide and one day i went down there and found like this stash and of course i got carried away looking at you know all these magazines and starting to feel like sexual arousal and all that kind of stuff um and you know we all know that as kids uh, especially when you're from the caribbean that you don't talk about sex sex just kind of happens you don't talk about it as a kid you don't talk about it as an adolescent you don't talk about it as a teenager you, you don't talk about it as a young adult. You just come home one day. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to laugh, but that I feel like that's how it happens. It's like there's no conversation. Then all of a sudden somebody comes home pregnant and that's when the conversation happens, you know, just kind of crazy and, and ass backwards. Um, 
But I feel like sex and sexuality has lived in darkness for such a long time because of embarrassment, because people want you to feel embarrassed. I, I don't, I'm not even sure what the reasons are. I feel like a lot of it stems um, from religion and, and, you know, wanting people to be morally chaste and physically chaste and all this kind of stuff. Like they didn't want you to sexually be free, sexually enjoy yourself and all that kind of stuff. Which is one of the reasons why I think like the whole sexual revolution of the 60s happened because people said like, fuck it. Like everybody fucks. How do you think we got here? Every person that exists on this planet got here because two people fucked. Well, okay, let me not say that. That's not entirely true. I take that back. Because of course there are some uh, Petri dish test tube babies in vitro babies. Okay, so the majority of the people on the planet <laughs> have gotten here because two people have fucked. Um, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know. Like, I don't have any issues um, with sexual content in social media, with sexual content, kind of just in the world in and of itself. My issues are when it pertains to children, because that's an absolute violation, um, and anything related to sex trafficking. So anything sexually towards or against anyone um, without their full consent and against their free will. Those are the, the two components that I am, and, and bestiality, because that's just crazy to me that people are fucking animals. So bestiality, anything to do with children and anything that um, that is forced or non-consent, sex trafficking, rape, etc. Outside of that, I feel like people should allow people who are sexually um, expressive to just live their lives and be sexually expressive. The thing is like, if you see this shit on TV, you can change the fucking channel. If you're on social media and you come across it, you can block, you can swipe, you can unfollow, whatever the case may be. It's like people want people to govern themselves the way they want them to govern themselves. You understand what I mean? Like you, you want me to be responsible in the way that you want me to be responsible instead of allowing me to make the decisions for myself. Of the millions of pages that are on social media, you don't have to follow any fucking body that you don't want to follow. You don't have to like any picture or video or reel or IGTV that you don't want to like. You don't have to buy a fucking product that you don't want to have to buy. So why should people have to censor themselves to not post the things that they want to post, right? We, we still live in a world where we're trying to govern what people do at the same time telling people that they have freedom of expression. We have freedom of expression as long as it's okay with you. you. You know what I mean? You want me to govern myself the way that you want me to govern myself instead of allowing me to govern myself. Again, like I'm a sexual content creator, you know? You hear me, my mouth has no governance. I talk the way that I talk. Fuck is one of my favorite words and fucking is one of my favorite things to do. That and yamming, <laughs> right? <laughs> And, and it's crazy to me because it's not like I hide that I'm a sexual content creator. I don't hide my body. I don't hide the fact that I have an OnlyFans. I don't hide the fact that I'm super sexual and all these things. But at the same time, you have a choice to not listen to my content. You have a choice to not support. You have a choice to not follow. You have a choice. And it's funny to me that people aggravate and rile up themselves instead of exercising their choice to not do any of those things. You don't have to come like nothing on my page. You don't have to follow my page. You don't, have, And you don't have to follow anybody's page that you fi find is offensive. But people will go to people's pages that they find are offensive and then get vexed because of the offensive content and feel like those people should take down the offensive content because they're offended. Reda, 
you could just keep fucking scrolling. Like, it's just strange to me, you know? Um, I personally feel like we don't talk about sex enough, you know, by the simple fact that we still have girls that are 12, 13, 14, 15 years old coming home pregnant. We don't talk about sex enough that, you know, um, people are unaware that you can still get sexually transmitted infections. You know, we don't talk about sex enough that people feel comfortable touching their own bodies. We don't talk about sex enough where people feel comfortable even recognizing the things that are happening with their, with their, with their bodies. You know, it's like, we're still trying to keep it in the darkness instead of just talking about it, desensitizing it, you know what I mean? So that people can have healthy conversation. Like we make it so hypersensitive that people are still like so morally outraged when people are talking about masturbation. People are morally outraged when people are talking about, you know, the use of toys in their relationships. People are morally outraged when they see a fucking nipple on social media. Like, are you serious? You have whole tribes on other continents where women walk around bare-breasted and you know who gives a fuck? Nobody. <laughs> like, Sorry, I have to laugh because I feel like it's it's a North American, it's a North American extending into the Caribbean phenomenon because there are places where you go in Europe where they have red light districts where people can go and procure the services that they want, see who they want, do what they want, and, and, and there are no violations, there are no offenses, people are living happier and healthier and more normal lives people are exploring engaging in healthy sexual practices like it's just bizarre to me that we are so fucking repressed and and no offense to anybody who lives by the bible but i honestly feel like a lot of it stems from religious practices that are trying to prevent people from doing the things that are naturally inherent to them such as sexually engaging with themselves and sexually engaging with other people. We're trying to restrict people into having sex for reasons of procreation only. Listen to me. I feel like, honestly, if we gave people the proper tools and proper understanding of sex, sexuality, and their bodies, you'd probably have less unwanted pregnancies because you've taken the shame out of someone going to the store and buying condoms. You've taken the shame out of someone um, you know, take wanting to take the pill at 16 years old and, and, you know, not being able to talk to their parent about it because their parent, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be having sex. They're going to regardless. So would it not be better to have conversations with them to say, you know what? I don't necessarily know if you guys are going to use condoms or not. Maybe you should go on the pill just in case. And so that even if you do condoms, if, even if you do use condoms, you have 100% protection instead of 99.9% because condoms could break. They could come off if they're ill-fitting. There's a bunch of different reasons why, you know? I don't know. I just, I feel personally like sex and sexualization has lived in the darkness for such a long time that now that it's coming to light, you know, people are trying to tuck it back into the darkness. Um, I don't think that we're desensitized. I feel, I still think that, you know, there's a large percentage of the population that is still hypersensitive and still hypervigilant. Um, and you know, what's funny to me, it's like, I had a conversation with, uh, my best friend about her grandmother and, you know, her grandmother had, um, her mom, my friend's mom, when she was, uh, I believe it was like 18 and says she didn't know that she was pregnant until she knew she was pregnant. And so my friend said, but grandma, you had sex? And she's like, yeah, but you know, nobody told me, nobody ever talked to me. No, her grandmother said she didn't know that that's what she was doing. She just knew 
that this boy had her lay down, you know, rubbing on her, I guess put his thing where her thing was, and it felt good to her. And the next thing she knew, you know, six, seven months down the road, because I guess she didn't feel anything up until that point, all of a sudden she's pregnant and she's having a baby. Like, that story is just fucking crazy to me. But it's a story that is so normal and happens so often, far too frequently with our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents, and not even that far back, some people in this fucking generation because no one is having conversation with our young people about sex and their sexuality. Like we think if we don't talk to them that it's just not going to happen. Like big and serious. If we don't talk to them, it's just not going to happen. Or on the flip side of that, oh, if we, if we talk to them, they're going to run out and they're going to do it. Or, you know, if they watch too much porn, they're going to they're gonna be masturbating all day. First of all, there's nothing wrong with masturbating all day. Masturbating can help you prevent, prevent you from making some fucked up choices of sleeping with people that you shouldn't be sleeping with. Let me just say that, first and foremost. But they feel like if we don't talk about it, these things are not going to happen. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. You can't stop the way that somebody feels hormonally you can't stop the way that someone feels sexually you can't we just get to a point in our bodies when we're growing that we start to feel sexual feelings it it just (laughs) it's just bizarre to me that people think that they can repress that you know instead of actually having conversation i knew with myself when i started feeling sexual feelings i was probably like 10 9 10 years old and i started exploring at 9 10 years old there was no conversation you think i could go to my mom and say hey mom how do you suck dick? Like, <laughs> first of all, I would have got the cut ass of my life. My mom would have fling licks on me like I was the devil himself or herself. Um, but you know, you know what I mean? And, and even, even when I was a teenager, even when I was a young adult, even as an adult now, those are conversations that I could never have with her i could maybe in a jokingly joking kind of actually no i was gonna say i could maybe have those joking kind of conversations with my aunt but yeah no not even her but uh on the flip side of all of that my children are able to have those conversations with me my young adults are able to have those conversations with me you know i said to them like you don't have to think of a sensitive way to ask me the question just ask the question in a way that makes you comfortable in a language that you use and in a way that you understand so that i respond to you i know that i know what i'm responding to you know so like with my my daughter if she asks me a question she'll say um she's like mom like uh, respectfully can i can, can i cuss for a minute and i'll say yes and she'll ask me the question using swear swearing air quotes language um whatever the question is you know um And I'm okay with that because I want that when they have their children, that their children are able to ask them those questions so they don't make fucked up and uninformed decisions. And so that the generations to come don't make fucked up and uninformed decisions around sex, sexuality, uh, and the way that they feel about their bodies. And so that cycle and generational shame stops. You know, I love my body. Every lump, bump, rule, dimple, even on the days when I'm looking at my, my soft belly and I'm thinking, I really like my soft belly. You know what I mean? I like masturbating. I like touching my pom-pom. I like the feelings. I like the sensations. I like touching my breasts. I like feeling on myself without shame, without embarrassment, without feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble. Oh my God, I have to hide this. Like, that's absolutely crazy. You know, I don't think that it's that we've gotten desensitized to sex. I think that we've become overly sensitive about it even more so because it's trying to get out of the darkness and people are trying to put it back and 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 take the light away from it you know 
to all the sexual content creators out there, to all the sex therapists, to all the, uh, the sexual health advisors, to everybody who puts out sexual and sexualized content, whether it's art, even if it is porn, ethical or otherwise, kudos to you, big up your blood clot self. Even when people are trying to tell you to get back in the darkness, push your way through the light because people need you. Even when they think they don't, people need you. You inspire people to feel more sexually sound and comfortable with their bodies. You inspire people to explore. You inspire people to, um, to I don't want to say take risks in a bad way, but to maybe, you know, go to that, 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 that uh, adult party that they really wanted to, but they were unsure about. To go purchase that toy that they were unsure uh, about purchasing. You know, to say to their partner, hey, can we try something new tonight? You know, and just even exploring for themselves. You know what? I've always been interested in kink, but I've always been embarrassed and shame. You know, I listen to, uh, you know, AJ's podcast and I feel like this is something that I can venture out doing and not just me everybody out there who puts out you know this type of content big up your blood clot self because you don't understand the amount of people that you're inspiring and encouraging to live happier healthier more fulfilled sexual lives period so that's my spiel bless up yourself this is the pimple chronicles podcast i love you guys um you know, for a weekly coming and checking in and listening to my, my rants and, and me and my guests and all the things that, you know, go on over here on this side of the world. Um, I hope that you are all staying safe. I hope that you are all continuing to practice your self-love and your self-care, loving up on yourselves and the people who are most important to you. Big up yourselves. Pum Pum Pasi. We'll talk to you next week. I just don't they understand the type of shit you into, you know. You like it. Dark. Fucking your deep, taking pics on my phone. Uh, Dark. Put you to sleep when you wake up, it's sound. I'll violate all the meat on your bones. Uh, Dark. Your shit gets saucy, I lick till it's gone. Dark. Now it tastes like you, yeah, You ain't done this before, but this is what we gon' do, yeah. I can see it in you. I know what you You like me, man, do you, dirty? You like me, man, do you, dirty? Put your face in the pillow I be smacking on that ass I grab your neck, joke you real slow You ain't even got an ass You like when I do you dirty I ain't gon' tell nobody Oh, not tell nobody And I'm loving the show Dirty. Angel put in, but for me you a hoe Both hands and no hands, you get to the job Dirty. You can't put a cream when I'm close, you don't stop Cause you're dirty Kiss me, I know it tastes like me 
sir I'm the nastiest nigga that you've ever seen Yeah, I see something in you Yeah You like when I do you dirty Like when I do you dirty oh, I put your face in the pillow I be smacking on that ass I grab your neck, choke you real slow You ain't even gotta ask You like when I do you dirty I ain't gon' tell nobody Oh, tell nobody It's 200 on the dash Bust that open, no, I won't know the smoke You even gotta act When I get to Bust all over your body Ooh, ooh, ooh. like when I do you Tell nobody, oh, tell nobody, oh.